This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another thrilling episode of the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is number 142. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Greetings, Peter. It's good to see you again. It's good to be seen. <laughs> it's also good to see you. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing well, as far as, as far as I know. I'm doing well. <laughs> By what metrics are you uh, judging your performance today? Um, my stress levels. That's that's pretty much my my uh, how I feel. Whether I feel good or not. How stressed am I? Funny you should mention that because just <laughs> as I was saying just before this um, call, I was on a uh, webinar, uh, yoga masterclass. And I took an hour and a hour and a half long. My first, my introduction to uh, mm-hmm. yoga nidra, which is a uh, form of uh, yogic um, meditation, relaxation, focus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly where to draw the line, but as I'm pretty uh, interested in meditation and restorative yoga and yin yoga and other sort of slower types of practices like this, mm-hmm. I've been really interested in nidra for a while. And uh, today it just happened to be, here's a chance for me to, uh, you know, take a class on that. So how do you spell that? N-I-D-R-A. Nidra. Okay. Yep. So depending on what part of India and what dialect you might, you know, speak, you might pronounce it Nidra or Nidra. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always heard it with an E sound, but the teacher today always was pronouncing it with a soft I sound. So Mm -hmm. like, I beat the heck out of me. So, I know a guy whose name was Sukrit, but uh, a former girlfriend called him Sukrit. Uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't call it that way. I pronounce his name the way he pronounced it, but just, you know, it depends on where you are, the dialect, the language, etc. Yeah. I call you Peter. You say, call me Peter. Petter. Petter. Petir. 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 Yes, sock patir. That's one of my favorite dishes. And, uh, <laughs> we're a little punchy today, people, listeners. Uh, well, listener, you, dear listener, I'm talking to you. Always speak directly to the listener. Pacifically or Atlantically, you? Uh, I was thinking Indianly based Indianly, on this yeah. conversation, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, today's sort of a follow up slash grab bag episode. We got a few little different things to talk about. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, so now I have 90 minutes of experience with Yoga Nidra, mm-hmm. and I will be coming back to that over time because I am very interested. I did order the, um, the speaker's book, mm-hmm. and um, that may be the next uh, when I, if when I go into more uh, yoga training, I think I will probably be moving in that direction. So yeah. stay tuned. Fantastic. <laughs> You're next. Maybe we should do a, a yoga podcast one day. We've talked about that a bunch of times. A <laughs> bunch of times. Like, we should legit do yoga podcast. <laughs> yoga podcast. We might, have, we might have to fast forward through some spots when we're, like, held up in a position. 
blurring the chakras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we would call that, but yeah. All right. What else? What What have you got? All right. So a number of things. So, uh, you know, Jocko Willink came up in our list uh, of items to discuss. He spoke at Producers Club uh, this week. Um, I didn't I didn't listen to all of it just because I was engaged in onboarding a new client and needed to be doing that instead of hearing about how to onboard clients and stuff. But he did have one thing that he, that I, one part that I did catch that I thought was pretty interesting. He was talking about helping people who are on the, um, the edge of being successful or failure uh, that you, you know, when you kind of want your kids and employees to brush up against failure, not necessarily, you don't want them to fail because failing is bad for you, bad for them. It's bad for your company, depending on the type of failure, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but you want them to have a good understanding of their boundaries and then they know when to come for help, come for resources, come for information. And, and it was, it was good, you know, and, um, I, I thought, you know, cause he's talking about leadership. I mean, right. he's, always, he's always talking about leadership, but uh, I can always use leadership tips. And I felt like it was a good tip of you have somebody who is, you know, kind of wanting, wanting to do more than they're capable of doing. You've got to give them the opportunity uh, to fail without allowing them to crash and burn and hurt your company. I was going to say, let them fail, but not fail catastrophically. Yeah. So let them get to the point where, you know, okay, Peter, you, you said you want to do this. I'm going to make you in charge of that. And, you know, here's, here's the things that you, you know, point you in the right direction, you know, don't hold it back from information standpoint and you go gung ho. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my, there's no way I can accomplish this in the next 120 years. <laughs> so I'm going to need help or I'm going to need resources. Or if you're getting to that point where you're overwhelmed, then as a leader, you kind of, you have to step in and say, Hey, Peter, looks like you're overwhelmed or what's the status here. And then, and then mm-hmm. you, you kind of work it without allowing you to catastrophically fail or if you do a little bit of failure meaning you start into it and realize i can't accomplish this without this then yep. you work on those things so i thought that was just kind of healthy leadership yeah yeah give give people some room well, he's he's all about uh, decentralized command you know mm-hmm. that's that's a definite uh, recurring theme in his podcast and his book so i i like that i mean you know like i love get let go of the reins as much as you can, but, you know, first you have to establish those guardrails so that, you know, the horses are going to be moving on the right track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. It's funny. So we were talking about that. What, what got us on Jocko, not coincidentally, he was at <laughs> producers club. That's pretty funny. Um, I also um, I'm doing a research paper because I'm in a psychology class right now. Mm-hmm. And we have to address a workplace problem. And one of them is, you know, a classic when people talk about uh, workplace problems, a, a very classic recurring theme is lack of employee engagement. Mm-hmm. And my take on it, however, is maybe not as typical is looking at it from the top down. 
when mm -hmm. management doesn't engage. So yeah. I was looking up, um, trying to find specific episodes because I've heard Jocko talk about this a number of times, like all problems in business are management problems. Yeah. Every problem is a management problem. Why? Mm -hmm. Because management is ultimately responsible for, even if they didn't cause the problem, they are responsible for correcting the problem. Right. So trying to take that and, uh, you know, give it a psychology spin. So I started looking and I found a recent article on gripezero.com. <laughs> and I don't, I don't even know if that is um, uh, a like it's a if it's a syndicated type of you know huffington post type thing or if it's just this dude who owns it or whatnot but <laughs> yeah. um one of the uh, one of the first articles that came up in my duck duck go search oh did i mention i've recently switched all of my browsers and phones from using google as the default search engine to use duck duck go so that you're not tracked anymore not as much. <laughs> we'll get back to that in a bit as to why that's somewhat silly. But anyway, um, but it's working really well. Uh, I'm very happy with this, with the results. It's exponentially better than Bing, which is not saying much. Uh, but I'd say at this point that the results I'm getting through DuckDuckGo are very comparable to those of Google. So that's cool. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, so... Jocko. <laughs> so I found this article and it came out um, just last week. Uh, it was, um, you know, on Gripe Zero and it's called uh, Jocko Willink's Harsh Reality. And it was kind of funny because, the, you know, they, they talk about a bunch of different things about Jocko and who is this guy? You know, John is his name and mm -hmm. talks about his, his Navy SEAL career and then how he's got several business ventures going on. They, they also like reviewed some of the things like, oh, you know, so he makes jeans. Uh, don't buy them. They're overpriced. Um, they talk about they, they say that he's apparently a closet Trump supporter. I'm not really sure I buy that. I mean, he's said some OK things about Trump, but in sort of classic Trumpish fashion, he's also, you know, like at the same time say like, but, but wait a minute, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, he does some really good things that you agree with. And then 20 seconds later, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, hold on. How can that be? You know, so yeah. he seems a little lukewarm. And I think he, I think he doesn't want to alienate, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think he's trying to play both sides of the fence there. Cause I've never heard him come out and say stuff, but I, I've heard many people that he has had interviewed as guests referred to as right-wing, neocon, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a feeling, though, that a lot of people, like, if you have anything to do with the military, you're going to be painted with that brush regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I like a lot of what he has to say. I am wearing a pair of his blackout joggers right now from Origin, <laughs> Maine. Um, and I have a big bo you know, box of his Jocko white tea, which I do enjoy. Um and I've read both of his books. Well, two of his books. He's written way more than that now. Um, so, you know, I, I guess you could say I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a fan. And I would like to think that he's a little more sane than uh, he certainly doesn't come across as a like a QAnon 
uh, type of, you know, extreme kind of guy, nor mm-hmm. the, like a right wing radical. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they gave a, an interesting score, you know, how the uh, gripe zero, they, they rate him towards the end and they rate you people based on trust, honesty and transparency, reputation and ethics. <laughs> And um, trust, they give him a five out of 10. Honesty and transparency, four out of 10. Reputation, 10 out of 10. And ethics, three out of 10. So the fact that he's got a big reputation is what puts him over the score, you know, like gives him a five out of five. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It was definitely worth a read if you if you know anything about Jocko at all. Um, it might be worth your time to review this. Uh, could be a bit of a wake up call. It could be a no duh kind of moment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess ethics. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that I would. Ag- I don't know that I agree with that score. I think he's a pretty solid dude, at least from. From he what seems I, to be. I, I have a feeling that, that that score point might have come from his uh, supporting of the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. You know, which unless he was going to completely spin his profile around, he kind of sort of has to. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise he has to pretty much become a, you know, an extreme anti-war pacifist kind of guy because his yeah. career his you know he was made in iraq <laughs> yeah. you know literally <laughs> what he is today came out of that fire so yeah. for him to you know, like speak out against that in any strong kind of way that yeah. pretty much kick out the foundation of this empire that he's built now i'm not saying that makes it right or wrong i'm just saying i understand why he would not do that yeah well, and, you know, I, I've always been surprised, you know, when I, I just saw images of him before I ever heard him speak when mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm imagining this guy talking like the sergeant in full metal jacket, you know, raspy voice, all yelling and everything. And, and I don't like people to yell at me. I mean, I don't, you know, say, you know, Samuel, I'm not yelling. That's just the way I talk, <laughs> you know, but, but I've listened to uh, like Bible devotionals and, and the guy is telling stories out of the Bible, but he's yelling the whole time. Well, it's another way. I thought you're in the South. I thought, I yeah. thought when you read from the, or quote from the Bible, you have to yell. That's not. No, you know, no, you don't have, you don't have to do that. Uh, oh. You oh. can, you could just talk to me. You don't have to yell at me. Interesting. Um, <laughs> does the but, message get, does the word get delivered if you're not yelling it? Yeah. Yeah. It gets in there. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, every, you know, if you yell about everything, where is the emphasis? <laughs> uh, I would say the emphasis is on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or maybe Nailed it's it. on the syllable. yeah yeah so i i don't know i really i like jocko i think he's done a um from a leadership standpoint i enjoy listening to him i think he speaks intelligently Mm -hmm. um i don't know about his politics and i really don't care uh i mean and we and we all have that's the thing is some people you know he if he's given him his complete negative score because of something about COVID, we we all run on mixed fuel 
I'm sure there's absolutely something that I do yep. that some other person would think is immoral, you know, not well, you're irresponsible. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so somebody's going to feel that way, you know, but people good. I feel like people in general, generally morally centered people run on mixed fuel. They're mostly good. And then they've got some flat spots that need to be worked out. <laughs> can't please everyone. No, sir. All the time. <laughs> but you can please some of the people some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it felt uh, like a better, it felt really important quote a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I thought we could please everyone at least sometime. I guess we can. <laughs> oh, brother. So, uh, what well, you're next. Okay. Um, what about how... I don't know that we did like a new year's workout regiment or, you know, made any, uh, whatever's, uh, whatever. Uh, other than that one day where I just completely spaced out and did not finish my 100 pushups. <laughs> um, I have been doing at least 100 pushups every single day. Mm -hmm. And I have been averaging, even with snowstorms, I have been averaging at least 30K runs every week. Excellent. Today, I am at 18.3 miles or something like that, or 18.5. So I need another mile and a half before tomorrow night mm -hmm. to keep up my, my, my pace. <laughs> so so I would say no. Um, I don't recall committing to a New Year's type of thing um other than my plan was to you know continue stay the course yeah. if anything for me i have my meditation practice has been less consistent mm -hmm. uh, not just since the beginning of the year it's been about a year where it just like when covid's time started to kick in mm -hmm. is when things started to kind of like fall apart which is interesting i, I think that's sort of like counterintuitive because like you know but yeah, I guess that's probably where I have suffered, quote mm -hmm. unquote, the most. You know, where my where I've been impacted yeah. is that my yoga and my um, my meditation practices are less. They're still there. They're just not as um, you know as pronounced as they were. What about you? Uh, yeah, mine has been going pretty pretty well. I've actually signed up with CrossFit now to go five days a week instead of the three day a week. Um, I'm doing my yoga instead of taking Tuesday and Thursday to do completely yoga. I'm doing yoga after my workout. So I always do, I always do a little bit of stretching yoga as part of my workout, but then I'll do a longer, more extended stretching that focuses on my back and hips and, um, on my Tuesdays and Thursdays after the workout. Uh, and then I've still got to, I can't not do yoga though like a full half hour just dedicated to it mm -hmm. at least once a week just because i start stiffening i get mm -hmm. i get stiff and you know you, even though i'm doing some of it it's not the same as doing a full workout so that's been good the um yep. the push-ups of course we've been doing the 100 push-ups uh a day since july some, some of us more so than others <laughs> yeah yeah, I actually uh, last weekend was the first weekend I took off. Like I, I did miss one day 
that I completely forgot, but my shoulders were really uh, spent from mm-hmm. from my workouts during the week at CrossFit. And we've been doing a lot of snatches and a lot of Olympic overhead lifts. I was like, mm-hmm. my shoulders could really use a day of rest. I probably didn't need two days of rest, though. I probably could have <laughs> done one day of rest and taken taken, you know, if, and if I was concerned about over, over training, yep. could have simply done sets of 10. I rationalized it, you know, yep. yeah, good, <laughs> good, good job. Good job. <laughs> I recognize the rationalization. So does that make it less? I, I don't know. I, I rationalized my rationalization. <laughs> yeah. You recognize it, but you still did it. I think that makes it actually worse. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, brother. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. What else we got? Um, let's see. So that was you. I, oh, you go again, though. Tell me. Okay. You have, uh, recently switched to Ring Central. I did. And, you know, I didn't. So I, I had another VoIP provider that I was I was selling as my company, not necessarily selling it. We just recommended it as mm-hmm. a preferred vendor. And I wasn't pleased with the way some of that was going. So I finally said, you know what? I am sick of fighting with voice over IP with these little vendors. And I say little, I mean, they were multi-million dollar companies, but then I was like, I just want to work with the biggest company out there. I want to work with, you know, you know, they- <laughs> so let me, before you go for, let mm-hmm. me ask, um, how do you reconcile that statement with being a company your size when the, when I could go out and hire someone like IBM to do what you do? Well, I don't know. I just know that I was tired of, I was tired of them not providing the services that I needed. Like yep. they didn't have, they didn't have features that I needed, or if they did have them, they were rough and yep. they were not completely functional. Now, to answer your question, why you would rec- why I would say Sublime would do it better than IBM is one, we're a smaller, more focused company. Mm-hmm. While we don't have 50, well, 70 years of being in business, we do have 12 years of being in business. And we're very focused on the exactly what you need, not a broad spectrum. So, <laughs> but what if like we had like if there was I don't know somebody we knew who was in the business of providing VoIP services? Like, what if it was Kevin Landers? Um, if he could do it better, mm-hmm. like if he could do it better than say Ring Central, because that's what we're talking about is the in this case, if he could do it better. Yep with all the features and I get um, better service out of him, you know, cause I'm not tickled pink about the service at ring central from a standpoint of, I can talk to somebody now and they'll fix it for me right now on the phone with them. Right. Um, th- it's a bigger channel. I mean, it's got, I call in, I'm not special at all. Um, as far as the support goes, I'm an MSP, but I'm not special to them. They've got thousands of me's out there where, you know, thousands of me's. <laughs> however, I send in, I create a case. I send this case over it. I may not talk to that person, 
but they do get it done. <laughs> they which, get it done. Which is what you want. Yeah, right? that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that's where I was facing it with the smaller voice over IP. I'd say, I need this done. Well, I had a, I had a deal where the phones weren't ringing and that's a very important function of phones. Phones <laughs> should ring. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. the phones weren't ringing and I told him, I said, look, this client is, um, very upset about this. This this has been going on for months. They will give you another 30 days to figure out what's wrong with this and they're going to change providers. They didn't get it fixed. You seem to remember this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, they the client was being very fair. They yep. weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't saying, hey, we're, we're just anxious to get rid of you. We don't like you. No, none of that. We're, we're giving you the opportunity to fix it. If you fix it over the next 30 days, we're, you know, we're good. We're staying. So, but we switched to Ring. Ring has all the features that I can imagine. Uh, I mean, everything that I've thought that I wanted to do, it mm -hmm. does it. Uh, it's included. And it's the same price as I was paying for the small provider. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it does it a little bit differently. The support's a little different, but I got, the, I got the phones. I got the, you know, all my, I get, I get DIDs. I didn't get DIDs with the other. Question on that. Now, if I, uh, so, so paradigm presently has two phone numbers. Mm -hmm. Can I port them both over? Is that two separate plans or do I need like an ultimate plan or can I do that with the basic? How does that work? So you, depending on how many phones or extensions you need, if yep. you, if you just need one extension yep. with two phone numbers, yep. all you're paying for is one extension and a phone number, which is I think three or $4 a month for that phone number to be okay. added, but so it the, just so both their $20 a month plan or whatnot, plus another four bucks a month for a second line or something. Right. Well, it's not a second line. It's just a, another DID. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So like I have two phone numbers. I have one, uh, I have, well, I actually have three DIDs. I have, well, I know I don't anymore. I just have two DIDs for the main line. I've got my main line phone number and then I've got my tech line phone number. And then everybody else actually has every extension has a public DID that can be dialed, which that's just the way ring does it. I said, you know, I don't need a DID on every phone. And they said, that's fine, but we put one on every phone. Okay. Right. I don't care. I mean, yep. if that's the way you do it, I don't care. Uh, but I get text. I can have, you know, one of the things I've wanted is I've wanted texting to my tech support line for multi-factor authentication for things that we do for our clients. I can set it up and point it to my tech line. All my techs get it. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Ta -da! Ta -da! But I couldn't get that at my previous VoIP provider. Uh, the portal is really slick. I've got a really nice heads up display that I'm yep. looking at here on my, on my Mac. Yep. And I can see nobody is on the phone right now. But when they are on the phone, I can see who they're on the phone, what phone number they're talking to. That's cool. So you also, can spy on your employees. I can spy on my employees, but Excellent. they know it. I, I, I told them. <laughs> but 
but but I can I can see who they're on the phone with. I can even listen to the phone call as as a manager. You know, you it's primarily for sales. You wouldn't necessarily do it for. I mean, maybe on service calls too. But and, I can. So, sorry, uh, and do you have the iOS app installed? Um, I do have the iOS app installed. I don't can have. You make a phone call like from your corporate number via that app. Absolutely. And it sounds great. Uh, that was one of the other problems. The, the previous vendor also had an app. The call quality was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't have anything to do with um, whether I was on wireless or whether I was on cellular. I mean, you and I both know that if you're on cellular, it can get less quality because you're doing a voice over IP session over VPN yes. over yep. the cellular. That can be glitchy on anybody's system. Yep. But I should never have problems on my wireless because I can see my wireless access point from where I'm standing right now. So I'm not out of range. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I would have glitchy phone calls on my, on my cell phone app. I've, I've never had any glitchy phone calls on my ring central app other than when I should, like if I'm here at my house and I'm on my wireless and I get in my truck and I drive out of range of my wireless, it's got to switch from wireless to cellular. There's going to be a glitch. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean, so on that note, you've been on 5g since the new uh, iPhone 12s came out. Mm -hmm. How's that treating you? Uh, Fair to middling. Uh, the the 5G is not widely, uh, it's not everywhere in Tennessee. Now it is it is expanding more and more. At the gym, I have it. At once I get down the street from my house, I have it. I don't have it at my house, uh, but it's getting better. Of course, it's just 5G. It's not the 5G ultra wide, super fast bandwidth but i thought you had that briefly didn't we try i thought one time we we the first day or second day you made a call and it was like lightning fast we did and that was just regular 5g oh so okay. yeah so the regular 5g is nice when i have it uh but it's it it fades around in nashville proper i get good 5g in hendersonville proper i get good 5g and it's funny it was where was i I was somewhere rural, really rural, and I had 5G there. And I was like, huh, how about that? <laughs> okay, then. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So it's getting better. I was curious about that. You, um, you also asked about Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So I, I saw in the news that he is stepping down as the CEO. On um, my birthday, he gave that announcement, apparently. Yeah. So I figured if somebody knew uh, more details about that, you probably would. I mean, you and Jeff talk as often as you used to, right? Yeah. Well, he, he called me the night before just to see how I felt about his decision. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, dude, I mean, you've done some amazing things now. You like you own like the biggest company in the world. You're the world's richest man. I mean, neck and neck <laughs> with Elon and I know. Had you stuck it out with the, uh, you know, the missus, you'd be like far and away the world's richest man. Yeah. But look, you've already come back, and you know. So 
Like, dude, you, you got to do what's right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Totally you got to do it. I was pleased to see that the Amazon stock price was not really significantly affected at all based on the news. Yep. Um, he is going to stick around as like the executive chairman. So he's still going to be like overseeing the board. Mm -hmm. He's stepping back from day-to-day -day operations, which actually he had been doing for the last couple of years. He had been stepping back already, but he threw himself back into things a year ago when COVID started to really ramp up. Right. Um, and, you know, he's definitely like business ethics aside, and that's a big aside, <laughs> um, he's done some amazing things and, mm -hmm. you know, full disclosure, I have a large chunk of my retirement plan and my investment portfolio in Amazon. Um, so it's in my interest to see it, you know, see it do well. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to hang on a second. I'm just going to, I'm going to buy a few more shares right now. <laughs> and, um, because, wanna... because our podcast is going to influence the market. And when yeah. they hear a positive from, Peter Nicolaitis and Adam Bell, then they are, they're definitely going to buy. So yep. you need to, you need to get that in before we release. I just added to my position right now. So <laughs> just, you know, listener, um, I wouldn't take anything as what we say as investment <laughs> advice. <laughs> hey. and, you know, what's, what's almost, what's almost certain is that the fact that I've just bought some right now means that it's going to go down <laughs> in short term. <laughs> Well, the good news is I will I will buy some more stuff in Amazon probably today, and that'll that'll help you. Perfect, thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, um, anyway, uh, you know I I don't see this as um, you know uh, as a bad thing. Uh, the mm -hmm. head I forget the guy's name, Jeff something or not Jeff, uh, what Jack, the new guy uh, has been head of Amazon Web Services. Yeah. Which I think is kind of funny because Satya Nadella was the head of uh, 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 Microsoft Cloud. Mm -hmm. you know? So it really shows where they're going, right? You know? mm -hmm. So, so um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's, it, it's an interesting thing to watch, um, but it doesn't, doesn't you know, shake my confidence in the company at all. Again, yeah. as is evidenced by the fact that I just you know, it added to my uh, shares right now. <laughs> Yeah. Now I, I think that uh, I, I did expect Amazon to take a little, a slight tick down when yep. he announced that. I mean, just because it always seemed everybody was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get off board now while I can. Right. And then they like, Oh, well, I shouldn't have sold then. Yeah. But it, it was actually <laughs> up. It was, yeah. the shares were up one or 2% that day of the announcement. Yeah. I oh, Hey, I think it's because, you know, he said he's still going to be around as the executive chairman, you know? Yeah. I did have a uh, a market a stock market win. I uh, so my I, I've been saving since my girls were old enough to have a social security number in their five twenty nine to pay for their college, and my oldest daughter is now in college, and she's drawing against that five twenty nine to pay for tuition. Well, in January, <clears throat> I had to pay her tuition, and I actually got to sell. While it was high, I bought low and I sold high. That never happens. <laughs> that never happens. But <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. So I got more money. I got more for my money than, uh, than I put in. So it was like, it's brilliant. This is textbook. I should write a book now on stock market investing. <laughs> 
<laughs> are you going to call it something like buy low, sell high? That's yeah. You read my mind. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, I don't think anyone has ever recommended that sort of advice before. I think that's like brand new. Yep. I, yeah. We should coin that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to probably copyright that one. Like, I wonder <laughs> buy low sell high.com. That IP address is not, um, it's not responding right now. Uh, that domain name does not go. I wonder if, I wonder if that's available. I'm going to try to buy that. It's a good thing we're not live streaming this or someone else would have already bought <laughs> yeah. that domain. They would have bought it so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's find out. I want to try. All right. I'm waiting for my verification code here. Dun, dun. Okay. Here it is. Um, buy low, sell high.com. Yeah. I mean, someone has to have this. Someone has to have that. <laughs> They're just not doing anything with it right now. If not, you should buy it and then list it for sale on Go GoDaddy. <laughs> yeah, it's been registered since 1996. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but AI is available. Oh, yeah. I can see what you could do with that. AI, Love it. <laughs> ah, all right. That actually um, would probably be a good company if, uh, if, you had the, if you built a right AI around it. There you go. More and more when I hear about AI, though, it's just people. People say like, oh, our AI is blah, blah, blah. And there's no AI at all yeah. involved. Yeah. So, it's their, their yeah. team. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> talk, to all me, right. talk to me about books. So Michael Connolly, have you ever read any of his books on purpose or on accident? Doesn't ring any bells. So do you, as an Amazon subscriber, Harry Bosch, you've seen Bosch. You have recommended Bosch to mm -hmm. me. Um, I have not watched it yet, but it's, it's in my list. I think I may have added it to my watch list. Yeah. So that, that's a very good series. And, and you, would en you, you would enjoy it on Amazon. The, um, the shows take uh, their episodes and base them on the books. You, if you're a purist, you'll be dissatisfied, but that's, that's the way it is with any book. But I mean, if I haven't read the books, I won't know any. You won't know it one bit and you'll just enjoy the show. And then you can read the books later and then you can feel like, hey, this, hey, that's, this that's, feels familiar. Yeah, <laughs> this reminds me of something and I've forgotten <laughs> all about how it was different. But what I like about Michael Connolly is he's been writing for, for 30 years and he he's he's like Stephen King and then he's got a world built up, uh, you know, like Stephen King's is in Maine and Castle Rock and, and all the, you know, all these uh, cities. But uh, Michael Conley uh, focuses on the West Coast, Hollywood, L.A. He, he focuses on real things like he, his his world is in, you know, existing cities and, you know, Hollywood division, Robert, robbery, homicide, and, you know, real cities and things like that. But he's got multiple main characters, okay. uh, Harry Bosch being one of them, Jack McAvoy being one of them, uh, Harry's stepbrother, um, Mickey Holler, who is the Lincoln lawyer, which Matthew McConaughey played the Lincoln lawyer in the movie. Okay. I was going to say that sounds familiar. 
And then uh, Rachel Walling, who's an FBI agent. Uh, and so he wrote a number of books where these characters cross with one another uh, in different parts of the book. And, and they have their own series and their own stories. And uh, I'm, in, I'm enjoying uh, reading his universe. The, the only bummer about him is his, his characters are very tragically flawed. Okay. Like, like you really like them. You want them to do well. They have their flaws and they don't always get to have a nice love life. I mean, <laughs> as far as well, <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, they're always, they're always tragically divorced or, you know, they have a love now and then it falls away, you know, so the, they're, they're never like super happy, like <laughs> in their yeah. personal lives, yeah. you know, so I don't know, I don't know what that means about the author or any, it may mean nothing to do with anything, but uh, it is, you know, cause you, I guess there's from a, I'm sure that there's a writing technique that you call that where the, the main character has to be dissatisfied in order to be who they are and continue being who they are. Um, cause John D McDonald, uh, wrote in the sixties about his character, the Travis McGee. And he was very much like that. He was tragically flawed, single, wants to be in love falls in love can't stay in can't stay you know for for whatever reason whether the the woman is tragically killed in a you know part of his mystery or you know they just can't seem to keep it together i think it's kind of a i don't know it must be a recipe for these flawed tragic heroes okay. <laughs> you know if you look at donald draper for Mad Men, he was the same way you know, never you, actually saw Mad Men. I think I saw like half of the first episode, <laughs> and that's as far as I got. Yeah. Well, the uh, oh, dang it. Okay, paste that in there. But yeah, I mean, Donald Draper was that way. He was he was handsome. He was charismatic. He you know he was talented. Uh, but he's divorced, and he then he's divorced. You know, then he has trouble with his his next wife and his, you know, girlfriends, they're always tread, you know? So I don't know, I guess it's some part of the human element. Nobody wants to read a happy book where <laughs> they fall in love and live happily ever after. And just, uh, I guess those kind of books don't move forward. Although what's his name? Oh, I read a book series. Um, and it was like, Oh, I can't think of the author's name. I'll think of it. And if I think of it, I'll put it in the, in the notes, but a couple, they're the main character and they are, um, they are in love and they, they have a solid, healthy relationship. And it was, it was unusual for the book to work well with two healthy characters because there's never a place where they're like, oh, now the romantic drama is they're now against each other. There's never a point where they're against each other. They're always together as a team against whatever's out there against them. Okay. And, and to me, that was very refreshing. <laughs> it's good to have allies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the closest we ever get to that is, you know, that we accept is if two partners you know, like whether they're cop partners or, you know, whatever to it's it. The book is always fine with two men like that heterosexual, not not 
you know, just business partners, cop partners, it's okay for the two of them to win and always be on the same page. And I got your back, you know, but uh, we don't want that between our male and female. No, there's got to be tension. It's got to be tension. Got to be tension. So I mentioned how I had used DuckDuckGo and I'm happy with the results. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've had these things sitting on my shelves for, in some cases, years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got around to deploying a couple of Google Home Minis. Mm -hmm. Um, First, like very little, very informal uh, stuff. Haven't done much. Basically, I'm, I'm experimenting because I'm looking to ditch my Sonos, but I have a huge investment in Sonos as we've Mm -hmm. covered from time to time. It does seem to be working better now that I have brought, I have taken my old uh, Play 5, old first generation one that's incompatible Mm -hmm. off the network. So now that that's been completely removed, things do seem more stable. But it has been a recurring pattern where things seem stable for a while and then don't work after a while again. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I figured, well, if I was going to ditch it, I need to do something else that supports multi-room mm-hmm. configurations. And I don't really care if it's stereo or not as much as I just want to hear the same thing. Right. Yeah. So in my den here now, my third floor, my den slash studio slash office, I have two of the play threes in a stereo pair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got them um, um, in most of the other rooms throughout the house. Uh, but I also have these little um, Amazon echoes all over the place. Yep. too. Um, but I've, you know, I've heard some good things about Google. So I figured I would give it a shot. Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed is that it's control of smart home devices is a lot faster, faster. Okay. Yes. Like I say, Hey, Google, turn on everything. There it is. Right. You see how fast the lights came on before she even told me she was doing it, as opposed to Alexa, turn off lights. (laughs) Some of them are going off. (laughs) And that actually worked pretty well. That was that was pretty fast for for a word. Alexa, turn on office lights. Okay. By the way, I have a routine you might like. Thank you. I like a routine. <laughs> so, so I haven't done a lot of them, but but I was able to get some pretty decent coverage throughout the house because I have three of these things already. So mm-hmm. you know, so while I'm shutting Google out of my search results, I did invite it into my home. <laughs> I, I'm not going to let you listen to what I type, but I'm going to listen to what I say. What I say, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we'll check it out. I did this morning. I flipped it over. So it is the assistant on my Sonos beam. So when mm-hmm. I talk, which doesn't really functionally change anything because I also have my, my fire TV cube right there under the beam. So I can still call the Amazon device and get results. But for whatever reason, Google on Sonos, even though Google knows about Apple Music, and Sonos knows about Apple Music, and the lady in the tube, when on my Sonos, knows about Apple Music, Google on Sonos cannot use Apple Music. I can say, (laughs) Amazon, play 
blah from Apple Music on Sonos, and it will. When I tell Google to do that, it's like, okay, we're playing this song from Apple Music. Sorry, something went wrong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, like, and today I asked, you know, I can ask Amazon, how's the stock market? And she'll give me the results. And you ask Google how the stock market is, and she gives you a Wikipedia article telling you what the stock, what a stock market is. Uh. <laughs> so it's it's interesting you know just seeing the differences um i have a feeling i will probably go back to amazon when i'm all done testing all this but for now i'm playing with it see it out yeah um you know after listening especially to listening to um friend of the show scott wilsey on his uh, bubble sort podcast you know one thing that they point out that he pointed out was that apple you know, if you buy stuff that is HomeKit compatible, like for instance, the lock on my front door, mm -hmm. uh, they tend to have a better track record. They cost more, but they're vetted more for security purposes. Mm -hmm. And I do have a couple of El Cheapo send all my telemetry straight to China light bulbs in the house, <laughs> but they're on the guest network. So I'm not as worried about them, you know, mm -hmm. but I am running their app on my phone. So I'm a little worried about them. So I kind of moving towards the more expensive, like even if I'm not using HomeKit, I'm going to probably be use HomeKit certified thing mm -hmm. moving forward. Um, but um, I just cannot see myself going to Apple HomePods. The, I, because I would have to work with Siri and nothing makes me angrier <laughs> the only thing that makes me angrier with technology than telling siri how to do something is trying to tell my father how to do something with technology. <laughs> and on that note follow up uh, oh. partial success in moving my parents over so uh we got them off consolidated communications phone and dsl service mm -hmm. um i shipped him two Echo Show 5s and two Kindle, uh, two Amazon Fire TV sticks. Mm -hmm. So he now has 25 to 30 megabit per second internet, which is so much better than one or less. Yes. Um, but he could not wrap his head around YouTube TV and the Fire TV sticks. So he made up his mind today that he was going back to good old fashioned direct TV. <laughs> It's like, all right, there you go. I can't, you know, whatever. So yeah. rather than using a very simple remote control with like a handful of buttons, he would rather have the big giant behemoth with, you know, something that looks like they ripped it out of the space shuttle and stuff. So I don't understand those remotes. I, I don't use, but I don't know, maybe eight buttons Yeah. on off. Input, channel up, channel down, guide up, got you know, page up so I don't have to do one at a time. Yep. Page down, and yep. really that's about it. Yeah, which is coincidentally the buttons that you have on a fire or even an Apple remote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Power on, input, and then to be able to scroll up and down. There you go. That's that's mm -hmm. most of what you have. select. Select is a useful one. Yeah. You know, I wish, and maybe it does. I, I do like how the Apple um, 
TV will allow you to type like your password on your yep. mobile device rather yep. than having to go up, 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 A, up, up, down, 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 B, up, yep. up, 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 up. You can C. do that with Amazon too, with Fire TV stuff too. Okay, uh, with the app? Have, well, you can either have you with the app or you can pair a Bluetooth keyboard with some of those devices too. Mm-hmm. That's another option. I usually yeah. just use the app. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. So I think that's about all I've got other than, uh, oh yes, I continue to uh, use my minimalist uh, running shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't seem to be affecting me negatively. I've Mm -hmm. gone out, I did, um, so this past week uh, I did on Sunday, I did an eight and a half mile run. Mm-hmm. And then I did like a three and a half miles, three miles, and yesterday four miles. Cool. Uh, and all of my times have been very comfortable, comfortable, comparable. Um, <laughs> not quite as comfortable. I will tell that that's a that's a Freudian slip. Speaking about my psychology class, um, <laughs> not quite as comfortable as my other you know traditional running shoes, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my times are not not suffering. I did two runs. So the one I did three days ago and the one I did yesterday, both averaged nine minutes, nine seconds per mile. Nice. Which was hilarious. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I'm still very, you know, very in my zone. I mean, mm-hmm. my fastest time like ever has been what? 7.54, you know, for, mm-hmm. for a mile. Um, I'm not doing that, you know, because mm-hmm. when I do like super speeds like that, my heel is impacting the ground a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I definitely won't be using these for like trail running, not, mm-hmm. not real tr- off-road kind of stuff. Smooth, you know, just dirt. Sure. Stuff mm-hmm. with jagged rocks. I eh. still need a little more cushioning. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, not regretting the purchase. And if I can get used to these as like my, you know, I might just have like these, and then a set of trail shoes, that's going to cut my costs because A, they cost about half as much as my regular running shoes do. And B, they last a lot longer because there's less to wear out. The yep. only thing that wears out is the is the tread, the sole, which is pretty much the shoe. Cool. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having fun with those. Very so. good. Well, and I have our nifty for the day. What is nifty? So I have a Regions Bank check scanner. And you're like, well, just how nifty can that be? <laughs> I misread that because what I said during the before we started recording, I said that's nifty. I thought it was a Regions Bank check scam. <laughs> as in Mike. I was like, all right, well, if this is a nifty scam, let's find out. <laughs> no. So, uh, you know, when I started my company 13 years ago now, I looked into getting a check scanner. So when people yep. send me checks in the mail, then I could scan them and upload them to the bank and automatically deposit them. And I want to say it was like $300 a month for that service. And, and at that point I was, you know, a struggling IT company, you know, I was struggling to pay myself. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just driving to the bank and that's kind of carried out, you know, I mean, it's been that way for 13 years. Well, the bank last year changed their hours of operations from eight 30 to four to nine to four. Well, that's convenient. 
That yeah, that's real convenient. And I cannot deposit checks into the ATM because the ATM will sometimes do it wrong or lose my check or yep. or it won't read it properly. And then I have to manually enter it in. Uh, but the thing that's been killing me is it'll suck in my check and it will get lost in the machine somewhere. It won't spit it back out, but it won't take it forward. Then I have to make a resolution with the bank. And uh -huh. so I was like, I'm done with this. I'm just uh -huh. going to go to the teller every time I get checks. You and do this for me. You do this for me. Yes. But the problem with that is I would go to the bank three or four times during the week because cash flow is important. I, I mean, I, so, I don't. So you shouldn't do what my assistant used to do and just hoard the checks on her desk until she felt like there were enough to justify a trip to the bank. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I don't do that. I, uh, when money comes in, I try to get it in my bank. So now I, I was like, okay, let me, let me call the regions. I, you know, I said, I'm doing a little bit better right now. My time is worth something. Let me see how much it costs. I said, maybe it'll be like $150 now. So I called him and I talked to her and she said, well, we have this, we have the thing we have the, we use the same check scanner that you would use and you, you do it through the portal and because I didn't want mobile access. I did not want mobile. I did not want to take pictures of checks with my phone. So why not? Because I don't want those on my phone. I don't want them uploading to all my devices. I don't want the responsibility of routing numbers and checking numbers getting onto my phone and um, just having that like I said, that responsibility plus having to keep them. I wanted a check scanner that I could scan them in there and not have electronic copies living on my devices. And so she told me, she said, well, we've got one and it's a little more expensive than the, the mobile check scanning. And I said, well, okay, how much is it? And she said, well, it's $50 a month. I'm like sold. How many, <laughs> I was like, how I, I use the same scanner you use. I can dump it in anytime I want. And it's $50 a month. I said, what, what do I have to do? And she said, well, and you also have to retain the checks for like 90 days. I'm like, well, that sucks. Yeah. I don't keep paper. I don't keep any paper, but you know what? Fine. She said, well, honestly, you really don't need to keep it. But like, 30 days, you know, in case there's a problem and we need to get a copy of the check. Uh, but really, you know, you know, if you really want to get down to it, you only need like 48 hours or so. But I was like, you know, I'm going to keep the checks for 30 days just to, to, to do it. And then I'll shred them and then they'll be gone from my life. Even if I was doing the phone, I'd have to do the same thing, you know? So I was like, yep, do it $50. And I don't have to go to the bank between specific hours of the day and I, I can upload them at midnight. Obviously they won't actually deposit until the bank is open and the, the banking hours are processing, but it's very nifty. It works. It works well. It works fast. Uh, the only thing that I would say was a bummer is I can only load one check at a time in it. I thought I could load, I mean, I can do a batch of, I, would, I go into my deposit and I say, there are going to be 10 checks, but I can't just set all 10 checks in the feeder and it suck them one at a time. Okay. I have to put one in, let it, let it scan. Next one in, let it scan. Next one in, let it scan. But yep. that's really maybe 10 seconds of my time 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not a big deal to do that even for 10 checks, but I'm enjoying it. It works well. It works fast. And I don't have to go to the bank anymore. Not that I mind talking to the tellers. That was always, you know, kind of be friendly. You know, it, it's, it's not that as much as for me, it's just like, it's, it's a time thing. And like, I noticed that normally when I go to um, the grocery store, I'll mm-hmm. usually do the self-checkout line mm-hmm. just so I can move faster. But lately I've also been a little, I don't know. I've, I've sort of been going back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Some days I will. I'm like, well, you know what? It's kind of their job to do this and they bag it for me. So why wouldn't I want to? Well, generally I don't want to when it looks like there's a long line. Mm-hmm. Or I also, I will go to the human checkout person um, when I have alcohol because they're going to exactly. need to check my ID. And when you do it in the self-checkout, that's when you have to wait for one person who's there helping all the other folks to come around. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they need to call somebody else to come around to validate. So in those circumstances, I'll, I'll go straight to a, you know, an actual person. Exactly. I I evaluate that every time if I have, if I have alcohol and like, okay, she looks 12. I'm not going into the self-checkout. That woman looks like she's 50. I'm going out, you know, if, if the, you know, after I've weighed all the metrics, like how much time is it going to take if I go that route? Yep. But, but I'm looking for the self-checkout and I'm looking for the self-checkout helper to be not occupied or right beside the register where I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm a, I have I go. like a carton of eggs and, uh, you know, and, uh, and a carton of like almond milk or something, or, you know, or heavy cream in my hand and that's it. I'm going straight to the self checkout line. Boom, boom, boom. Touchless payment with my Apple watch and I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah. If I've got a, you know, 12 pack of Jack's Abbey lager or Omega Gang three philosophers, I'll take my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you can't get any, imp- well, the impulse buy aisle is a lot smaller in self-checkout. I can't get Cadbury eggs. Oh, in we the don't have, there's, there's nothing there. You can reach over and grab some chocolates and some nuts, which are on display, but they're <laughs> facing away from you. So you don't even know how much they cost. <laughs> yeah. I just bought a $4 Kit Kat. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> oh God. Kit Kat. That is like, I remember the last time I had one of those now was several years ago. I seem to remember liking those when I was a kid. And that was the most disgusting thing that I have bought in a long time. <laughs> oh, that Kit Kat was horrible. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think uh, we're, uh, I think we pretty much nailed it. Are we ready to uh, put a bow on this one? I believe so. And All right. Well, you know how we would do that. Well, Um, I think since I introduced us that I'll let you uh, take us out. All right, dear listener, we do want your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic or you want to discuss something that we've already talked about, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You probably already know that since you found us here anyway. But if you want to learn more about us, you can do so at Paradigm Consulting, ParadigmCC.com for Peter and YogaWithPeter.com. And you can find me at Sublime Computer Services, www.sublimecomp.com. And I'm sure with Google, you could find us on Twitter somehow too. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure you could. And on that note, 
I think it's time that I, well, maybe you, but I will we. ask you to push <laughs> the big red button. Big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.